Gavin Gray, our UK correspondent, with us. Evening, Gavin. Hi there, Heather. Gavin, I see those post-Brexit controls and some of the imports into the UK have now come into effect. How's that going to play? Yeah, very good question, because they were delayed five times by this government. Um, uh, the ones going the other way, British farmers exporting to the EU, the ones being conducted in the EU, have already been in place. But we kept delaying ours, um, in part, to give businesses time to prepare and reduce disruption to supply chains. So what is now going to happen is, believe it or not, health certificates will be required on EU goods ranging from cut flowers to fresh produce like fruit, veg, meat, that sort of thing. Industry bodies saying that these rules could cause delays and also push up prices. Uh, the UK farmers, however, are pretty much delighted because they say it'll make the UK uh, produce much more competitive. Uh, the government is saying, look, we're working to minimize burdens for traders, and we estimate, yes, there will be a price rise, but just 0.2% increase. Um, others are saying that is way optimistic and prices will go up much more. Of course, the UK left the EU four years ago. It's taken this long for the government to implement new trade rules with the EU, legally required under the Brexit agreement. Uh, and today marks the start of those changes as Britain begins reversing the free flow of goods which has been allowed since the inception of the EU single market creation back in 1993. What's Martin Bashir saying now? This is a fascinating insight. Now, of course, to be clear, Martin Bashir was the journalist who famously interviewed Princess Diana when she said there are three of us in this marriage. It was an interview that was seen by 10 million people at the time, has been seen by lots more since. We now know, following an inquiry two years ago, three years ago, that Bashir had, Martin Bashir, the journalist, had secured the interview through deception and faking documents. Now, a journalist in this country has been banging on saying, actually, I want to see more of the emails between senior managers and Martin Bashir, uh, because I want to know how much BBC managers knew of this and how he believes they tried to cover up uh, the journalist actions back in 1995. Now, the BBC said any suggestion that acted in bad faith is simply wrong. But there were over 3,000 emails between those managers and Martin Bashir. And at the start, the BBC just released a few. Now they are being forced to release virtually all of them. And in those emails, it's quite clear Martin Bashir uh, believes that he uh, basically uh, secured the interview and had to do it the way he did it because of professional jealousy uh, that his class and race also played a role in the scandal, in that he says if one of the more established, white, longer-term journalists had uh, tried to do this, he said that would have been much less controversial. A dynastic journalist, he writes in one email, such as the Dimbleby family, famous here, two brothers for doing uh, many good uh, BBC interviews. So the idea he's now spreading the blame and sort of saying, well, you know, it was the only way that I could get these interviews because others, there would be no controversy. They were up to all these sorts of things is quite extraordinary. And incidentally, this investigative journalist piling through these 3000 emails is, I think, uh, likely to see other things. He believes there was a huge cover up at the BBC um, in uh, what they knew and didn't know the managers uh, which, as I said, the BBC denied. Mm, interesting. Hey, are you surprised by the number of people who gave up booze in January? 
Yeah, I am actually, and I'm also quite impressed, I think. <laughs> so here in the UK, we've had dry January, as uh, lots of people have, but it was estimated that one in five drinkers gave up alcohol here, uh, and that saved an average of roughly 250 New Zealand dollars. Uh, one of those sort of eight and a point five million people who plan to ditch the drinking says it's really improved their health and they're not going back to alcohol. They've been interviewed saying, actually, all of us ought to be getting on board this, at least to give a dry January a chance. Now, a couple of sidebars to this. Pubs have reported a, a, a drop in drinks sales and the prices of no and low alcohol drinks are rising faster than their alcohol counterparts. So in other words, it would appear some of the supermarkets in particular really cashing in on dry January and uh, putting up the price of those no or low alcohol drinks, or maybe the manufacturers are too. Uh, and certainly a tough time when our hospitality industry, pubs and so-called, are really struggling with uh, uh, business already. This is going to hit them hard. Absolutely. Gavin, thank you for talking us through it. I'm not, uh, am I impressed? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm also, I'm partly impressed. I'm also partly like, why? Why did you do it? Gavin Gray, our UK correspondent. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.